0: Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 50, and we're going to cover numbers, chapter 14 and 15. Now we left off with the 10 spies going into the land for 40 days and bringing back a report. And we saw that Joshua and Caleb brought back a good report and the other 10 brought back a bad report. And we're about to see them further rebel today. Listen, let's pick up in verse one. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So listen to this, verse four. So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. So we have to stop here and see what's happening. Not only have they turned against their constitution with his faith, not only have they not listened to their purpose, their language, and followed God's voice, they're turning on their leader. This is God's ordained leader. So they're breaking so many commands here. Not only are they turning on a leader, they're turning on God because God appointed this leader. And basically what they're saying is we can't go in this land because we have our women and our children with us. Not only are we grasshoppers in their sight with our wives and children, that further adds to our disadvantage. So there is no hope for us to enter into this land. So Moses steps in as a mediator which is not surprising because God has raised them up as a mediator and has trained him. And God basically says, look, this whole generation will die. You must understand this. This is the highest offense because they do not believe they are not a people of faith. This is the bedrock founding value of this nation. And so we have to get this point. God is willing to kill off an entire nation to prove that he is holy when the people will not exhibit faith in him and trust in him. This is how important faith is to God. And so in verse 11, the Lord says to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst, I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them. And I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But then Moses said to the Lord, the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought up this people from their midst, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people, for you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you slay this people as one man, then the nations who heard of your fame will say, Because the Lord could not bring his people into the land, which he promised them by oath. Therefore, he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Now, let's pay specific attention to what Moses does, because we need to take a page out of his book regarding this. He appeals to the word that God had already spoken to him about his character. Look at verse 18. He says, You have declared the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generations. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you have also forgiven this people from Egypt up until now. Look at what Moses does. He appeals to the word of God. And this is the most effective approach. If you want to get God's attention, you don't go into self preservation mode. You don't go into self care mode. Me, 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 me. You talk about God and his glory and you remind him of what he said. And look at the results of that type of confession and prayer. Verse 20 So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, All the earth will be filled with the glory of God. What is he saying there? He says, look, I know, Moses. I know what I have to do. I know that my glory will fill the earth. I know that I'll take us back to Eden. I know I'll get us back to rest. And my glory will fill the earth. No longer will people be made in my likeness and be marred with sin. They'll be created in my image again. He says, I'm going to do this, but listen. Verse 22, surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test those 10 times and have not listened to my voice shall by no means see the land, which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurned me see it. But my servant Caleb, that's the man of faith. Listen to what he says about him, because he had a different spirit and followed me fully. He says his spirit is different from the spirit of the other guys. They were faithless people. They did not follow my constitution. They did not follow my founding value of faith that I trained Abraham in and I passed on to you all. They neglected it, but not Caleb. He had a different spirit in him. That's the spirit I want. And listen to what happens. You remember the senses we've been keeping? It started with people 20 years older and up, right? The fighting man. That's where we got the 603,000 from. Look at what God says in verse 29. He says, your corpses will fall in the wilderness. Even all your number men, according to the complete number from 20 years old and upwards who have grumbled against me. So God says, look, the census that we've been keeping, this book is named Numbers. I'm starting over. So all of this math we've been keeping, we're going to have to do another census. And that's why I said, take note of Numbers 1 and 26, because God is literally about to kill the entire first generation off. And in Numbers 26, we're going to get a complete new census because he's starting over. And that's why he has to repeat the law again, because this is a new generation. That's the purpose of Deuteronomy. It's repeating the law again that we've already heard before. So the new generation can learn what they are to do and to obey. So Moses has to preach a sermon of the law again, and that's what happens in Deuteronomy. But look at the ironic retaliation on two parts. You remember what they said? We can't go in there because of our wives and our children. Look at what God says. Verse 31, Your children, however, whom you said will become prey, I will bring them in and they will know the land which you have rejected. God says, aha, you said you couldn't come in here because of your wife and your children. You will have your words. You will eat your words. You won't come in. But the children that you said were too weak, that couldn't come in, the excuses that you were making, those children will go in, but you won't. Look at that ironic retaliation. They were making up every excuse in the book. They blame their inability to go into the land on their children. And God turns it on his head and says, no, don't blame this on your children. In fact, you won't go in, but your children will. And look at what else he does. He says, verse 33, your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpse lie in the wilderness according to the number of days which you spied out the land 40 days for every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even 40 years and you will know my opposition. So they're about to feel what it's like for the Lord, not to back them and support them, but to have the Lord against them, opposing them in his opposition in the wilderness. And this makes for tough times. And you see what he did? They spied out for 40 days. He turns that 40 days on its head and said, You will wonder for 40 years. And so think about it. They knew how to get to the land because they just spied out the land. Many nations will send spies. We, we talked about this before. In fact, when we meet Rahab and Joshua, she's going to say, Our people have sent out spies too. And we know how powerful your God is. God says, Everybody, will die off, except Joshua and Caleb. They will enter. And I want us to notice how we talked about that the child will not pay for the sins of their father, but the child very well may suffer for the sins of the father. And I think about my wife when she worked for DHS, CPS, for Child Protective Services, and she would have to go in when there would be a big drug bus. And there will be a father who was selling drugs out of his house with his child in their lap. And so you don't think about this, but the police and the SWAT team come in to get the guy as the criminal. But CPS has to come get the child. And she has to place that child who's crying all the way in the car because he's in the car with a stranger that he doesn't know and place them with the nearest kin. And that child has to grow up without a father Those effects are devastating. So you may not be punished for the sins of your father, but you very well would suffer because of them. We have to take training the next generation seriously because the effects are tragic. I live and grew up in the city of Jackson. I grew up in South Jackson. When I first moved in South Jackson, it was a different place. And I got to see both sides of it. I got to see... It go from a place that was desirable to live to a place that makes the news every day. And what was the difference? It's this right here. Children suffering for the sins of the father. You have broken families moving in who, who all they know is sin and they train that to the next generation. And all it does is exacerbates to the point where you have a generation that's unconscionable. And they're willing to do anything. It's animalistic. It's dog eat dog. And the only thing that changes that now is a miracle. But back to our text, we don't stop here. Israel doubles down. Guess what they say? They say in verse thirty nine, when Moses spoke these words to all of the sons of Israel, the people mourned greatly. But in the morning, I guess they slip on this and came up with this idea. They said, however. They rose up early and went to the ridge of the hill country saying, here we are. We have indeed sinned, but we will go up to the place, Lord has, which the Lord has promised. So they're saying, hey, we repent. I'm sorry, but we're going to go take this land. I don't care what God says. And you get another example of people trying to obtain the will of God on their own terms. And this type of religiosity does not work. And see, these people could have used very spiritual language. No, God said we were going to take the land. We repented. He forgives us. We're going to take the land. But look at what happens. It says, Moses did not go with them. Neither did the ark of the covenant with the Lord go with them. That's verse 44. And it says that when they went into the city, the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came and struck them, and beat them down. This is what not doing it God's way gets you. So many lessons there. Now let's move into chapter 15, verse one. It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, listen to this, when you enter the land where you are to live, which I am giving you, when, you see that, when, not if, God is a bold God, And when he makes his promises, they're never if, they're always when. And that's why Caleb had a different spirit, because Caleb didn't believe if either. He believed when. And so in the rest of this chapter, we get some more advancements with the sacrificial system on how to handle burnt offerings and freewill offerings. This is verses 2 on down to 13. And then we get laws for the sojourner or if a foreigner or alien comes and the chapter wraps up with somebody breaking the Sabbath and they don't know how to handle this case. And so they wait on the Lord to render judgment on this case. And and the Lord says, you got to kill him. Verse 35, he must surely be put to death. And that's what they do. They stone him. And this chapter ends by saying, remember the commands of the Lord. And do them, and do not follow after your own heart or your own eyes and play the harlot. And this is what we we must remember. Sinners do what they want on their own terms. Religious sinners do what God wants on their own terms. So we have to remember not to disobey God, and we also have to remember not to presume upon God, because neither of those work. And we must remember, just like Caleb, it needs to be said of us that we have a different spirit. So let's have the spirit of Caleb and Joshua and this second generation of this second census. And in the words of William Carey, let's expect great things from God and let's attempt great things for God. You guys take care. Love you. And you have a good day in the Lord.